The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to The Commentary Booth, the ultimate weekly entertainment recap and review show. My name is Jamie Apps, and each week I'll be joined by a rotating cast of co-hosts to run you through the entertainment media we've consumed during the week. Along the way, we'll provide you with insightful commentary and reviews. This week I'm joined by a DJ who lists their favourite movie as Scott Pilgrim vs. The World and favourite TV show as Parks and Rec. Welcome back to the show, Jackson Carr. Thanks for having me, my friend. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Got a bit of the sniffles thanks to the old flu vax, but I'm all right. Uh, not good. I'm, I'm a bit afraid to get a, vac- a flu vaccine because I've just started a new job and I don't want to get sick. So it's a really bad thing, but I've got time. Yeah, it seems like this current batch is hitting people hard because mum got hers on Tuesday and she's feeling a bit gross. So. Oh, no. It feels like, yeah, it's... This one seems to be hitting. Oh, gee, that's not good. I'd prefer to sort of get the the weird sniffles now than the, the proper flu in three months. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And how's everything else? The new job has kicked off? Yeah, it started um, two weeks ago. So, yeah, it's really good. Like, the people are nice. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's good to be working full-time again. Like, last week, I was in the office five days, which was I had it done... A full five day week in, oh, I don't know, since like, what, what been, like March last year. So, um, yeah, then I, me being me, I DJed on Friday for f- five hours and and then on Saturday. So I haven't really had some time off, but I got gigs this weekend, but I'll, I'll, I'll have Sunday off. That's fine. I can sleep. Uh, and then did you see all the European Super League news this morning? Yeah. So it was a bit, bit of a wild 24 or 48 hours. You, it's looking like people are going to go, and then I woke up this morning to watch Chelsea at 5 a.m., which was a waste of time. Um, and then, I, man, I mean, yeah, Man City were first to say they didn't want to do it. Then it was Chelsea, and now all the English clubs are like, no. Nah. So I guess that's good. So And then the bloke from Man United resigned, Woodrow, whatever his name is. So it's been a big, big um, few days. Juventus president quit as well. So Jeez. RIP the Super League after... 48 hours by the looks of it. Yeah. I guess it goes to show it's good that um, the clubs kind of listen to the fans and everyone, because no one was happy about it. Like, people weren't happy about it. And as much as they were going to get billions of pounds or dollars or whatever it was, it's good to see that they respect their fans. Like, you know what? We don't want to rub them up the wrong way. Yeah. In the end, I think it was all just a way to sort of ruffle the feathers of UEFA and FIFA and be like, hang on. We are the clubs that you really want to support, so uh, we need a bit more out of this. Yeah, 100%. Because like, if you pay these clubs more, they then filter that money down into their development academies and all the other sort of clubs and stuff. So you, it filters down eventually. It's just a matter of doing it, I guess. Yeah, and, and the Chelsea loan machine, they have like four teams worth of players on loan, so that's always good for other clubs and... And good for them. Like look at Mason Mount, how well he's going this year after, and Reese James as well after a couple of years on loan. So, yeah, I guess it's also benefits them in the long term as well. But 
Yeah, it's good that they're not doing it. Uh, and then on to the, the stuff we've been watching and whatnot. Last night we got to head to the premiere of Mortal Kombat. What did you think of the movie? I'm still recovering from how violent it was. I didn't really... I didn't watch any trailers before going into it. I just I like going into movies cold turkey and me being Jackson and Jax, I, I was drawn to the character of Jax, which I really liked. But there was one actor that really stood out for me and he was hilarious, Josh Lawson. And it's probably an actor we had no expectations for either. It was like, oh, yeah, he's in the movie. Cool. Yeah, I had to Google who he was and then I was like, Oh yeah, I've, I've seen him on TV, and then I think I watched him in a show called House of Lies or something, and he was alright in that. But in this movie, oh my god, just everything he said was funny. Yep, yeah, Josh Lawson definitely steals the show in this one, I think. And from the sounds of it, in the little interview thing that they did before the movie, most of his lines were just sort of ad libbed or on the fly. Yeah, you could kind of, I guess, you could kind of tell that with a lot of like his sense of humor and stuff, but. Yeah, he was just on fire with everything he said, which was hilarious. And I actually put a, I, I put a thing, I had a few beers when I got home because that's me. And I put a thing on my story just saying, oh, I didn't really think much of Josh Lawson. And then he was in the movie and he was actually hilarious. And I tagged him and then he replied and I go, I'm just disappointed you didn't say the C word. I didn't, I said the actual C word, but for our children out there, whatever. And I said, I'm your new biggest fan. And he goes, I tried to say it, but they cut it out. So... He must have wanted to, because when, when he was being interviewed, he was saying, like, I just went full Aussie and I just really talked it up. So he, he probably wanted to go even more extreme. But, yeah, he was, he was wonderful. Yeah, they they said they, uh, they told him just make him as quintessentially Australian as you can. And obviously the old C-bomb is pretty common here. So <laughs> that was interesting to learn that, yeah, they cut it out on him. So I wonder, I'm trying to think where he would have said that. Oh, I reckon he would have been talking to someone and just been like, you, I don't know. I'd be interesting to see if if, if people, if they still release DVDs and there's like re- removed scenes on stuff or if there was any like footage that popped up of him saying it because, you know, I, after he said that, he hung, like if that was me, I, I'd try to fit it in every single word. So he really, he really did us Aussies proud. Yep. Yeah. He was probably my favorite part of the movie. Like I didn't have any expectations for Kano. He was always one of the, my least favorite characters from the game, but yeah, Josh Lawson just took him to a new level and I'm like, okay, Kano's actually pretty cool now. Yeah, I want to get the game and I, I'll go and do like a tag team and fight with Jax because I was with Jax and Kano. And I just, and he's, yeah, he, was, he really made the character for me. He was wonderful. How, how disappointed were you when um, Jax lost his arms in the first like 10 minutes? And looked like he was dead. <laughs> I, I, I remember seeing like the, the movies from the 90s and like Jax died really quickly. So I was saying to you, I was like, I don't really have much expectations for him. And he actually like happened quite quickly. So I was like, oh yeah, bye Jax. So um, thanks, thanks for coming. But um, pretty brutal. Some of the fatalities and the, the killings and, it was pretty brutal. I did not expect as bloody and gory as, as much as it was an R-rated movie. Uh, it was wild. Yeah, but I think that was that was important too because that is sort of the the Mortal Kombat vibe and essence. So if it hadn't have gone that way, it would have it would have felt 
stale or like sterile and wouldn't have felt the same. So I think by hitting that R rating and just going right to the wall, like they, they lived up to what people are expecting from Mortal Kombat. So I think a lot of people are going to be happy when they head to the cinemas. Oh, definitely. And there was some classic lines, you know, that you, that you get from the game as well. So it was nice to hear them, but um, they were saying in pre, like when they were doing the interviews with the directors and stuff, they were like doing research from all 11 games and they really wanted to pay, pay homage to the whole series. And I think they did that as de definitely with some of the graphics. And it's amazing to think it was filmed in South Australia, edited in Sydney and the special effects was done in Melbourne as well. So as we were saying, Australia's the movie destination of the world for the next few years, I reckon. Yep, yeah, Marvel's here now. Um, and yeah, I think with where we are in the sort of COVID landscape, I think we're set to see a lot of movies coming out here. The new Mad Max just got announced last week too, so. Yeah, Gladys was at Fox Studios. Zach, Zach Efron's still here. He's single now. I was reading up on, on that before he broke up with his Australian missus, so maybe he can find a new Australian wife and he can stay here long, even longer. And there's more celebrities to come. Gossip Jacks, XOXO. You're mentioning sort of the, the classic lines as throughout the movie, you, you hear flawless victory, Kano wins. Then there's obviously <laughs> one of the most iconic ones the get over here. And, but unfortunately we missed out on finish him. Yeah. I thought that would have been nice towards at some fights throughout the, the, the thing, but you got to see the soul sucking and everything, but not the finish him. I think it was, that was missing. That would have really put the icing on the cake. Yeah, and there's like a perfect point towards the end of the movie where the player is like, obviously def the, the person in the fight is obviously defeated and he's just standing there waiting for it. And I was like, come on, say it, say it, say it. And they didn't say it. I was like, oh, you missed it. You missed that one perfect opportunity for it. And especially when the, the player was like wobbling around that they do with the show and you're waiting for the, I mean, in the, in the, in the game and then you're waiting for the, the, the finishing move. You're like, okay, sweet, you can say it. But nope, nope. Maybe they can do that if there's a sequel, but you'd be disappointed if they didn't do that differently. But they did manage to get a lot of the characters in there. So we've got, uh, who'd we get? Sonya Blade, Jax, obviously, Kano, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Reptiles in there in a whole new fashion, Goro. But there was a couple that they, they left out by the looks of it very intentionally. Um, my favorite Cabal was in there. He was always my favorite to use in the game, but he was, he was interesting in this one as well and played a pretty important role. Yeah. So I, I, I honestly do think people that enjoy Mortal Kombat are going to really have fun with this one, even though the plot is a little bit, eh, whatever, like, but I guess when you're basing a whole movie off a fighting game, you can't be expecting what like the sixth sense depth of storytelling there yeah i thought the, i was thinking about that today. i thought the plot was a bit all over the shopping places and then it felt like they rushed through certain things in certain ways and they might have done other scenes that they got rid of that would have made it stick together more and they might have just wanted to have more fights but yeah i felt like sometimes things got rushed quite quickly and i'm sitting there going you, you two are way too friendly with each other at the moment or you you know this and yeah, I just, um, 
there's a few flaws in it and that some of the acting could be a bit better but the violence and the fights and the that characters really makes up for it so it was, i really enjoyed it yeah like i felt lewis tan who plays the main character cole young was a bit sort of stiff and probably the the least interesting character in the whole movie which is a bit weird to say as sort of the main character but i think all the the wacky characters around him make up for it and make it an enjoyable watch yeah especially kana yep yeah def that that's our big takeaway like if you're gonna go watch this movie be prepared to just laugh a lot at kano's one-liners and everything josh lawson well played bring him bring him back don't recast any as long as he gets his job back that's okay yeah, I'll say anything with him in it now. So um, um, hopefully you can bounce on from this and get some more big-time roles because he really stepped up and he was really good. So, uh, And in very exciting news, we have a double pass to see Mortal Kombat to give away to our listeners. All you have to do is head on over to our Instagram page, like the post of this episode, and share it via your stories and tag us in the post and then we will pick a winner and send it out to you next week you finally got around to watching a movie that we've been long discussing you wanting to watch <laughs> i thought i even booked tickets to the movies to see it and then me being me i went and had a big night and didn't end up seeing it so um king of staten island it was on binge and I finally sat down and watched it, and I love Judd Apatow. He's one of my favorite directors. I've I've never really sh- Pete Davidson. I've always been like, oh, he's funny, he's a bit weird, but it was it was a very good movie because I, because it, Pete Davidson helped write it, and it's basically loosely based around his life. And in the in actually in real life, Pete Davidson's father died in the September 11 attacks because he was a firefighter, and then in this movie. Pete Davidson's father died when he was a child. So like obviously like it was like before this happened in a like a fire at a hotel. So I, I don't think I think they didn't want to have to deal with the whole terror attacks and just people was like, okay, come we'll do this. And it's just about his life growing up in Staten Island and him just being like this degenerate that just wanted to have, have a tattoo parlor and had Crohn's disease and just really like fighting over the death of his father. And it was just an in, really good movie. Like even Judd Apatow's daughter was in it, Marissa Tomei was in it. Bill Burr was in it, and I like. I started watching it. I felt like I wanted to cry in it. I wanted to laugh in it. It was really touching, and it was just, a, it's just about this man with his struggles with depression. And yeah, I, I, I thought it was. It, it, it could have been a bit shorter, like it, it dragged on for a little bit. But yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I'd love to see more things that Pete Davidson writes because he's while he's funny, he, he seems he can be a serious guy as well. So yeah, it was definitely a much more sort of emotional and deep movie than I was expecting heading into it I was thinking it was just going to be some silly sort of like stoner type movie because that's kind of like the character that he portrays but yeah it was it was much more than that yeah I was sitting there thinking like okay it's Chad Abdel so it's gonna be funny like all these other stuff and yeah as you're saying stoner and Pete Dad's a really funny guy but I guess it got to show like his serious side and um I, I just, I, it really touched me and just some of the things he was going through, I was like, oh, I can relate to that. And, um, yeah, but it, like they also did have the stone factor because they were sitting in the basement all the time and he just wanted to be a tattoo artist. But 
Um, shorter move. If it was shorter, it would have been better. But I'm very impressed by it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and I love the sort of the character dynamic between Pete Davidson's character and uh, Bill Burr's character. Like the way that they develop throughout the movie was so good. Yeah, and I, I, I was quite touching to see. And then I also kind of I was thinking about it. I reckon Pete Davidson probably had a lot of resentment towards firefighters when he was younger. And I think his his life trajectory was kind of did the same move, like did what they did in this movie as well. So I think he's a lot more accommodating, or like he likes them now and stuff. And he might have a father figure or like a figure in his life that's um yeah that he now likes firefighters. So yeah, and no, I love at the end when he's a. Uh doing the tattoo on his back. He's like, you're not drawing this, are you? And he's like, no, definitely not. And then the camera pans around. He's like, that's exactly what he's drawing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the tattoos were horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I got any of those tattoos, I would not be happy. But it's, I guess it's, so I guess part of the character. But like, not all tattoo artists going to be great first time. But I don't know why I was, it was called the, the King of Staten Island. But maybe because he never left. But um, yeah, I, I was reading reviews about it before I saw it and not many people liked it, but I guess it's one of those movies that touches people in different ways. And I guess if you've had any issues that you can relate to, like in the movie, like depression or like you've gone through something, you're kind of watching like, oh yeah, I get that, I've been there or like I can relate and you empathize with them. So I that's a reason I guess I quite really enjoyed it. Yeah, I guess I could see where people didn't enjoy it, but for me it was better than I expected. So I was happy with it. Yeah. Cause like I wasn't heading in with sort of any real expectations it was something that i saw a few ads for and i was like okay whatever and then chucked it on i was like no oh, that was actually really nice yeah i'm i'm happy i didn't see it at the movies because i watched it now and now we got to talk about it so it was wasted 12 dollars 50 but the movie theaters needed that money because of covid so it just goes a donation i'm just being a good bloke just just looking out for the industry yeah yeah, yeah. you know me good good, good man jackson Yep. Uh, and then over the past weekend, I watched a movie on Amazon Prime that I think you could probably relate to a bit. I feel like you've probably experienced some of the stuff that happens in this movie. I watched uh, The Sound of Metal. Have you seen that around at all? No, I, I got Amazon Prime back, but I haven't watched anything on it. But no, I, I, I literally have no idea what this, this is. I'm intrigued. Okay, so it's a 2019 drama starring Riz Ahmed, and he plays a metal like drummer who loses his hearing. So he starts having all the the tinnitus, and then eventually it just gets rapidly bad, and he goes deaf. So then he has to go to a sort of program, which is kind of it feels kind of like it's. A rehab center for people that have lost their hearing and because he's obviously as the movie goes he's sort of he's had troubles with addiction in the past so it's kind of like a halfway house where it's people that have had problems in the past and then they've suddenly become deaf and they're trying to prevent them sort of relapsing oh yeah oh yeah so i feel like you've probably had the, the tinnitus at some point with the djing Oh, pardon? I, I have to turn my volume up all the time on my... No, my ears aren't that bad. I've, I've been quite lucky. I wear head earbuds. But yeah, no, my ears are bad compared to, I guess, 95% of the world. So yeah, so I, I definitely can relate to that, actually. And other things that you just discussed, maybe? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I'm a good boy. 
<laughs> yeah, like I had, when I was working in the nightclubs, I started to get it and I was like, oh, nope, not going down this road. So I immediately bought the earplugs. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I would go not having hearing. Oh, yeah. I actually, it was funny. I was, I was, I went out on Monday, a lovely person. Um, anyway, and she goes to me, what would you prefer to be, blind or deaf? And without even thinking, I said, I'd prefer, I, I prefer to still be able to hear. So, like, I didn't even think. She's like, I still want to see. And I was like, I love music. Music's my whole life. Like, I, I yeah, I, I, I dearly, I would never, ever want to be in that situation. But it's funny you say, you talk about that movie and this literally happened on Monday. And I was like, no, literally, like, I didn't even think. I was like, I would not want to be deaf. I, I love listening to music. I, I, I think it's really helped me in my life, obviously, being a DJ and... Yeah, I just it's something that I, I really cherish, and that's why I got the earbuds because I wouldn't lose my hearing because I like hearing things. Yeah, both would be horrible, but yeah. Oh yeah, death would be a nightmare, and especially like for this guy, as as a traveling musician, like losing his hearing is just devastating. Yes, um, I could absolutely relate. Oh, horrible. So yeah, this movie, it sort of, it was nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, uh, and four BAFTAs for the, of which the top two were Best Editing and Best Sound, and it did a great job of sort of portraying the idea of going deaf, like with the, the, the sound and the score, it, it'll show you, there'll be a scene happening and it'll be from just like a regular fly on the wall perspective, and then it switches to to his perspective and it's all like really muffled and blurred it's like oh yeah this oh, would wow. be this would be horrible and amazon prime amazon, yeah. i'm writing this down it's the one you always you always very, very good at convincing i said never any list of things i need to watch thanks to you all so thank you yep uh and then yeah like i was doing some research and i found out that for this movie they actually hired a big proportion of their cast from the deaf community. So it's not just a movie that's like cashing in on this idea. It's actually, it actually put money back into the community and try and help these people. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, and Riz Ahmed for eight months leading up to this movie, he um, spent two hours a day learning American sign language. So he actually can now speak American sign language. Oh, that's great. Uh, he also did two hours a day in drum lessons so that when he did have those drumming scenes, they didn't look forced or fake. Like, he actually can play the drums to a competent level now. And then he spent two hours a day with a personal trainer to get sort of in shape because there's a lot of this movie where he has no top on when he's drumming. Uh, and then the rest of his time was with an acting coach. So he, he definitely put in the effort and I'm... Um, it paid off. It definitely paid off with this one. Yeah, wow, that's really cool. Like hearing that he kind of like went above and beyond, became a bit of a method actor and was like, hey, I need to do this, I need to do this. And I guess it really showed in the fact that it had all those BAFTA and um, Academy Award nominations because the, he was, if you have main actors that committed to the role, it's always going to be a good movie. Yeah, and then obviously this wasn't a huge movie, like it didn't have a massive budget, so the director was operating on a limited budget and so they only did two takes per scene so for this movie to be so good with only two takes per scene 
well, like I would love, I can't wait to see Darius Marta go and make something else with a bigger budget and have the time to actually really sit down and put a lot of effort into specific scenes that need that that time. Yeah, wow, you should blow my mind. I've just been re-watching a television show because I like to do that, but I think I'm literally just going to have to scrap that tonight. And I need to watch this because it, it, it's, as you said, it's something that it's close to home to me and just how committed and how the effort that went into it, that's a phenomenal. It was one of those ones when it popped up on Amazon, I was like, well, that sounds interesting, but I never got around to watching it. And then this weekend, I was just sitting around like, I don't feel so great with the flu stuff. And I was like, right, I'm just going to chuck this on and I can just lay on the lounge and chill out. And I was glad I did. It was well worth the time. I wish I'd watched it sooner. How long is it for? Oh, I think it's, yeah, just under two hours. That's not a huge commitment. It's no Justice League. Snyder Cut. <laughs> yeah. So even Mortal Kombat the other, last night was, that was that felt really short once it finally started. I think we were sitting in the cinema for waiting for them to make it start, then the movie was lengthwise. We were waiting for ages. Yeah, arrive at 6 for a, a 6.30 start. I don't think they started the movie until quarter past 7 or something. And then we were out of there by like 9.30. <laughs> Yeah. And we sat all the way through the credits too, like. Oh yeah, we were there for the full hour and 50 minutes. We were. Had to pay respects to the, the COVID compliance team. <laughs> hey, if you're doing COVID, you're on the, the credits for the movie, that's pretty cool. And they're probably sitting in an office all day just making sure people are getting tested and look at a spreadsheet. And now a quick word from our sponsors. This week's episode of The Commentary Booth is brought to you by LF9 Designs. Are you in need of a new logo, event poster, Twitch overlays or emotes, or even merchandise designs? Look no further than LF9 Design for all of your graphic needs. The team there can create anything you need to suit all of your styles. Contact Luke at lf9design at gmail.com or follow them over on Instagram at lf9design. Our second sponsor this week is CR Swim. Swim smart and swim fast. CR Swim provides top-level coaching for swimmers of all levels competing in all aspects of the sport. They focus on providing technique support, swimming efficiency coaching, and energy systems training to help you be the best swimmer you can possibly be. Check them out over on Facebook at CR Swim Squad or on Instagram at CR underscore swim. And you've been reading still? What did what did you check out? I finally finished a book. I know I've said I wanted to finish a book, 12 books this year, and I've got through like three or four different ones. I've got halfway through it and I forget about it. But I finally sat down. I got given, and that's what I reckon, Cook Yourself book for Christmas. And I finally sat down and started reading it when I had my week off. And I could not put it down. I thought it'd be a cookbook. It's also, it's kind of like, he, he, he kind of takes the piece because he's like, this is not like a self-help, I hate self-help books, but it's not like a self-help book, but it's just my experience in life. So he talks about all his experiences of the, about like his early jobs, his childhood, losing a lung, um, becoming like a viral sensation and his, he deals with, he's got quite severe depression as well and he talks about that a lot. And it's just, this man really helped. It's, he, the, the chapter when he was talking about his depression stuff, I literally started crying. And I was like, this man, 
helped millions of people last year during lockdown when he went viral for the cooking videos he did. And you just don't know like what's behind him. And if I, if I may read, this was on the, on the first, the final paragraph of the first page. And as soon as I read this, I was like, okay, I need to read this book. And I finished in two days. And he goes, I bet you're thinking, what the does uncook yourself mean? Well, what I reckon is that we're all a little bit damaged, a bit frazzled, and maybe we should put, up, put having a bit of a laugh on the cards. I think the whole world is a bit bloody cooked at the moment. Actually, what a shit show the last while has been for most of us, hey? And with everything going on, I think it's real easy to forget sometimes that you're actually a talented legend who's doing bloody great with what you're working with. It's hard to not let yourself get caught up in the stress of it all. I, I know I do. So I'm here to remind you what a bloody champion you are. And I read that and I was just like, okay, I need to do, I need to read this book. So every book has a chapter where he talks about different things. So, and they're all rules to life. So he's got like rule one, laugh when you're not supposed to, rule two, rock and roll, save our souls. And it goes on and there's, there's nine rules. And then after every rule or after every chapter is one of his recipes. So my new goal for this weekend or sometime soon is I want to cook one of these recipes because I've watched them all countless times. I've read the book. It's all illustrated as well by Sydney artists, but I'm like, I need to make one of these recipes. So I don't know what I'm going to make, but I'm just opening the book now. And this is a, whatever this one is, I'm going to make it. Chicken parmy. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I'm going to make a chicken parmy. Yeah. So it has like chicken parmy, like soups, lamb shanks, just everything that I guess that he was cooking in his YouTube channel. And then yeah, like, and then he's got like a, a glossary at the end with all like the words that he uses, like dead set, durry, gronk, suffer in your jocks. And then he talks about his contributors and yeah, it was just, I can't believe this funny man has written a book that's 262 pages long. It sounds like it's like super uplifting once you finish it. Yeah. It's not a book where you finish like, oh, I'm, I'm down about life now. Nah, like he's really inspired and like he talked... Yes, and it's really funny, like, throughout the book, there's sentences that are just highlighted. Like, you just see all these yellow highlighted sentences, like, during the book, you're like, okay, this is a bit weird. And then he has little, like, side things, and he has, like, a thing saying, is it shit? And he's, like, talking about like, anxiety and depression or hot tubs and, yeah, like, it's, it's just a really, really good book. And he won some, some award for it. Won some award for it. And, yeah, there is a pair of parental advisory explicit content stick on it because there's a lot of swearing in it. But yeah, just, I, I want to read them again. I've got other, I'm, pretty, I'm inspired to read more books now, but I'm going to read this that book again. I highly recommend it. Nice. Yeah, I, I fell off the, the 12 books <laughs> in a year train. I got to two, I think, and then just off the tracks. Hey, you double, you double what I'm at, so um, you're going to get right. <laughs> it sounds like it's the sort of book that you need to read after uh, watching this other show that I checked out this week as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I watched the show on Binge called A Teacher, which is a 2020 American miniseries based on the film of the same name. I didn't even realize it was based on a movie. But it stars Kate Mara, who's probably most famous for her role in House of Cards... She's also in Fantastic Four, The Martian, and 127 Hours. And she plays Claire Wilson, who is a high school English teacher who engages in an affair with one of her 17-year-old students named Eric Walker. 
who is played by Nick Robinson from Love, Victor and Boardwalk Empire. So this movie is like, well, TV series is very intense in terms of the themes and the story. So much so that every episode opens with a, like a splash screen for Lifeline to let people know that if you are dealing with anything similar to this, this is who you can contact. You are not alone. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's 10 episodes, but they're all much shorter than I was expecting. I'm thinking like a mini series that's 10 episodes. Um, I went into it thinking, oh, we're getting 45 minute to an hour long episodes, but they're in fact between 24 and 30 minutes per episode. Oh, wow. So like the first episode we started and just as it's sort of like you're starting to understand who the characters are and what's about to happen, it ended and we're like, was that right? Was that supposed to end there? And then the next episode kicked off and we're like, okay, I guess these are only 20, 24, 25 minute long episodes. So with it only being 10 episodes and then being that short, you can fly through this one and it's a story that really hooks you in. So it's one that we watched in a day because started at like lunchtime and it's only a few hours long and you finished the whole series. Oh, wow. I guess it's an easy way to binge it. That's why it's on binge, I think. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, like because it does deal with these very intense themes, it, it's difficult to watch. Like It does a great job of portraying that sort of manipulation that's occurring in a relationship like this where throughout the whole series, Claire is sort of seeing herself as the victim of what eventually happens when everybody finds out about what's going on. Yeah. And then by her doing that, that makes Eric feel bad because he feels like he got her in trouble. But ultimately, once he sort of gets some counselling, he realises, wait, no, you were abusing me. Like, you were in the position of power. You should have been able to say no and stop this. And then... So you realize that, yeah, they both got hurt from this, but yeah, she was ultimately the one to blame. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. But yeah, like watching it, Claire like immediately breaks all the rules. Like, everything that's designed to protect teachers from allegations or prevent anything like this from happening, out the window, straight away. <laughs> like it doesn't mess around with getting into what's happening. So, like in the first episode or two, she begins tutoring Eric off campus. Uh, she drives him home alone. She takes him to a university to check out their campus where it's just those two. So they're on this big road trip together for to go to this uni campus and then they're walking around and people just think like, oh, she's just a girl that he knows. They don't think, because she's not a very, she's one of those sort of early career teachers. She's doesn't she's not like an old lady she's quite young yeah we had one of those at school and we went on a school camp once for like 10 days and i swear she this teacher was doing something with one of the guys actually i completely forgot about that until right then but yeah i think she was like early 20s so yeah i'm i'm just when you're talking about these two i'm this show i just picture in my head the boy in my ear and this teacher wow Mm. 
Wow. And yet, like, she she meets Eric alone at his house. Um, and then, like, but then there's a few rules where she's like, okay, I'm not going to break the rules. So, like, when they're having a chat after class, she keeps the door open to prevent anybody having any suspicions. But then that's when he tries to kiss her. And then she gets really annoyed that, hey, I can get, I can get in trouble for this. And it's like, we've already, we're already way past this. Like, mm. you're, you've already broken all the rules. You can't just pick and choose the ones and make him feel bad for not listening. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, but I think it's one that a lot of people should watch so that, like, they can pick up on the signs because in this show, like, Eric's mother sort of doesn't... She seems oblivious to it all and she really probably shouldn't have been. There was plenty of signs there, so... I do love that it has that lifeline screen so that if anybody is watching it, they can sort of be like, oh, hang on. This is kind of happening in my life. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I like show. It was like that 13 Reasons Why show. Um, they had the screen up always before and they had the actors talking about it, I believe. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, yeah. I can't remember if they had that in the first season or if they added that in the second season. No, I, I think I think from memory they added it. I think it was quite because obviously it was such a controversial show. I think there was a bit of like an uproar and people were like no, and then they started doing that from the second season. And then I obviously I haven't rewatched the first season, but they might have added that in. But I, I specifically remember when they're coming out, there was a bit of an uproar that they didn't do that. Yeah, I think I remember reading somewhere too. They've um on Netflix they've edited that first season as well. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. It's pretty intense. <laughs> Show. Yeah, from what I what I remember reading, I'm, I can't remember if this is. I'm pretty sure this is accurate, but I think they've edited the uh, the actual suicide scene from that that show. Yeah, that was wild. So I think that's been changed slightly, so it's not quite as intense, even though it's still pretty pretty heavy. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. But yeah, again, that's another like important show that I think a lot of people should watch if they can and if it's not going to be too triggering. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to rush into watching that, but I feel that's something I could watch further down the line. But I've, um, I've got enough things you've been trying to get. I've got all this because of you. So why don't we say it? We'll add another one. We're on. I'm sold. Yeah, probably, probably watch this sound of metal. Watch something enjoyable first or... Or if you're going to watch the teacher, make sure you've got something nice to watch afterwards. Don't don't just leave it on the teacher. Yeah. Smash that one weekend. So what would be your top recommendation for this week? I think you could probably guess. And that's what I reckon book. Like, it's just very, it's very good if you're, if you like him, if you like cooking, if you're sad or like you've been through depression, and he, like, or you're not feeling 100%, you just read this book and it's just very uplifting and, I guess you can just know that you're not alone if you're going through struggles. So very easy read. Bonus is that you've got recipes in there so you can cook yourself food as well. And yeah, I, can, I can't talk it up more highly. Perfect. For me, it's probably breaking the rules, but I would say Josh Lawson is my pick of the week. Like, well played, Josh Lawson. Yes. But if I have to pick a property, I'm saying watch The Sound of Metal. Yeah. Josh, yeah, cool. I like that. Josh Lawson Lawson's the person of the week. And then, yeah, sound, okay, I will watch The Sound of Metal. That's, that's definitely something I'm 
I reckon I might watch that if I had a big night DJing because then I'll probably be like, you need to stop doing this for your own protection. Yep. Yeah, good thinking. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Thank you for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Jamyaps Media and at Pario Magazine. You can follow Jackson on Twitter at Deckhead. Perfect. Thank you. The commentary booth is a fan-funded production of Jamyaps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our new magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people have supported at the publisher level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Courtney Paulson, Tracy Epps.